I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Darren is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. Okay, guys, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in for this Grimerica bonus episode. We're going to be chatting uh, Anama Trauma a little bit later with Eve Lorgan. Um, and a bit of Incubus and Succubus, too, which is uh, right up Graham's alley. So, uh, but first, Graham, don't call me a Succubus Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? I've been better, obviously. Been better? Yeah, calling, be calling names by... You've been, you've been called worse by better people than me. That's true. Yeah, no, I'm doing good, buddy. I'm uh, glad to be able to... Thanks for squeezing out this extra episode here. Yeah, on the Sunday, in the middle of the family day, long weekend. Yeah, we got a long weekend. Yeah, it's nice. Really it is nice. nice. Yeah. And it's warm out, too. I wouldn't know. I'm in the studio with carpeted walls and no window. That's we, right. We that's covered right. up our window with a fucking carpet. Yeah, that's true. We're going to have to cut some portals in the summer. Yeah, we should. Yeah, well, I did one back there. I, I, I made the There's nothing to see out that window, though. Like, there. there's a real nice view right behind <laughs> that carpet. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit nervous for today's uh, interview talking about anomalous trauma because I've had some, I've had, I've known a bunch of people that have had anomalous trauma happened so it's uh i was trying to get to the heart of how to help people tough you always are thanks buddy yeah <laughs> so yeah what do you, you want to we want to thank all the listeners for uh for giving us feedback too we'll make this a short intro not not a lot of lazy ramblings not a that. lot of grams lazy ramblings yeah thanks uh thanks for uh subscribing to our spread the word uh theory it seems like that's been paying off more and more so uh as always tell your friends about the show um what do you want to do first buddy oh, i got a bit of feedback in uh from Eamon, Eamonon, Eamonon? Eamonon, who uh, sent us uh, some music he says hey fellas i've been listening to your past shows by downloading them from youtube we've got a lot of people uh Hitting us up from YouTube, eh? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was a good decision. Well, I think a lot of people switch over. Like, we find a lot of people on YouTube, and then I think... Well, we do have... There's still a solid group of people that only list on YouTube. It seems like internationally, people... YouTube's more of an international thing compared to podcasts. Yeah, but YouTube's definitely some place where people find the show, but the audio quality is better in the podcast form. Oh, is it? Yeah. I think it, I think it's quite a... There's a difference. Why is sure. that? I don't know. It's just you're processing it again, and then you're adding fucking another thing it's trying to do other than just be audio. I don't know how YouTube then condenses everything for their site to keep everything. You know, you got to think there's a billion people watching fucking YouTube all day long. Yeah. So they must be doing some sort of compression on everything to make sure it's not glitching everything out. Yeah, yeah. So I, I tell people on YouTube to direct them to the podcast to either the website where you can listen online the same as youtube or to a pod podcast player and what about soundcloud now that we're trying to experiment with that you think the quality will be better there probably eh? i think yeah the the audio file stays intact on soundcloud same size huh that's why it costs a fortune to fucking host there yeah right yeah well we're gonna try well, it's not a fortune it's just a few bucks i guess month. yeah a few bucks a month but still it adds up <laughs> Compared to free YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So sorry about that little tangent there, but he says, uh, it's amazing. Not only how you get better guests than anything resembling mainstream media, but your interviews and questions are better. I listen to coast to coast AM and that show has nothing on your show except for 25% bogus disinformation. The last two shows I listened to 
or Kevin Barrett and Dan Carlin. That said, I like Dan Carlin, hardcore history, just like a good movie, but I don't trust anyone's opinion who can't get some balls and say straight up 9-11 is a complete lie. I've listened to Kevin, and now there is a man who has nothing to fear from death, standing up with hardcore truth. Sorry, Dan. That's a tough one, that 9-11. Um, I, also, I also cut your request for original music. I've made four killer songs, one comedy, mostly hard rock, but never promoted them at all. So he's emailed us those shows, and Darren's uh, already started to put... Uh, I think I put one in last episode. If you just keep uh, rambling there for a second, I yeah, can sure. say what it was called. Yeah, I can keep rambling for sure. Did I did I talk about Harold uh, from Venice? Thinking, uh, thinking that my lately. mom lives down there. My mom was oh, just yeah, traveling he around. Uh, he's got a synchronicity about listening to our episode when I was talking about my mom being in Sarasota. And actually, he was just south of Sarasota. But yeah, she's just traveling around there, buddy. Lost well, in matter. Lost in matter. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to, uh, do you want to hear a trip report, uh, Darren? It's quite long. It's a page long. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Fire it out. We still need a jingle for that. Yeah. Nothing resembling a trip report jingle here. Yeah. This is from Michael. He says, hail gents. I've recently got into the show in a big way. Okay. That's good. Enjoying all the guests and the chilled out banter between the two of you. You guys are kind of like a delicious mix of my two other favorite podcasts, No Agenda and the Higher Side Chats. Looking forward to another 101 episodes. I wanted to write you to you regarding a trip I had about 10 years ago using nitrous oxide, which is basically laughing gas. Anyone who has sucked some of this stuff will know that it seriously distorts your perception of reality for admittedly a brief moment. My experience seemed to drag on for an uncomfortable long time, taking place after I had warmed up with a few hits of the gas and was able to continue loading up more hits while under the effect of the previous dose. This made the effect of the gas much stronger. After getting increasingly high, I found myself fixated on the television that was playing an episode of The Simpsons. Time seemed to slow down immensely, and the scene began to sort of skip and repeat itself as I watched. Sludgy audio effects were induced to my hearing, and the characters then started to chant a message to me that wasn't completely clear, but had a general meaning of, the purpose slash truth of reality is this. A phrase to this general effect was repeated continuously, but what this meant in the context of the chanting devolved over time to take on a severely malicious feeling. At this point, I felt like I'd been in the nitrous oxide trip for far too long. Normally, they never seemed to last long enough. And the characters chanting had somehow merged into one entity that was intent on burning intense feelings of loathing and malice into my very being. It was as if I was, if this, it was as if this being lived between the layers of meaning slash art slash sound of the Simpsons along with the general television transmission and electronics. This being seemed to want to express the enslaving, captivating power it had directly to me. It was a very uncomfortable and confronting experience. I had to fight my way out of the trip, and when I finally returned to a halfway normal state, I was incredibly shook up, immediately leaving the room and pacing frantically outside for a good 20 minutes. I felt like I pretty, came pretty damn close to going mad from that confrontation with whatever the thing was that the trip brought me into contact with. Be that brief psychosis, my subconscious telling me to, wa- to stop watching TV or an infinitely, 
an infinitely malicious entity that exists in some space between reality. Regardless, I've never watched The Simpsons in the same way since. Keep up the good work. Hopefully it's the former, not the latter. I wonder if he's done nitrous again since then. The former what? Him telling him it's too much TV and not a demonic entity that's going to fucking jump him the next time he goes to the dentist. Yeah. Has he done nitrous again since then? Or is he going to go to the dentist, they're going to throw on some nitrous, and he's going to get fucking succubus in the dental seat? (laughs) Succubus. You can make that a verb, eh? Yeah. That's pretty good. I can make anything of her. I don't know. It reminds me of when we used to trip out as, as, as uh, when we were like younger and we used to go on trips and you'd have to bring the guys back. You'd be going, come back, come back, come back. And then you'd go back and be, okay, I'm back. I'm back. (laughs) Whether it be like a speech or some sort of, you know, hallucination that you're involved in. We used to bring each, have to bring each other back. There you go. Yeah. Team effort. I got some feedback in response to your, uh, Acquired taste comments last show. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, Atka59 from YouTube says, just so you know, there are those of us here who felt right at home from the first listen of your show. For me, your relaxed, clever banter sent me into a feeling of new pajamas, warm slippers, and kicking back next to a warm fire. By the time the show concluded, I felt the cozy satisfaction of having just consumed a whole can of ham spam sandwich. (laughs) Keep the good work going, and bon appetit. Thanks. That other can of spam is probably going to get eaten soon. You know what I was thinking? Uh, we didn't talk about that on our 101st episode. That's something that we've like changed over the last uh, 100 episodes. It's that spam is actually good. Yeah, that's true. And it actually seems healthier than I thought, too. Spam should be. I might that's actually a, have cl- spam like regularly in, in my kitchen. That's the closest thing we have to a sponsor is spam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they get it for free. They should send us a case. Maybe one day we'll just get a case of spam in the mail. <laughs> I got a couple little synchronicities if you want to jingle up. Synchronicity. It's time for That one's tough to come back from, man. It's so funny. It'll floor you almost every time. Hey, Graham, I've been listening to podcasts now for about three years. I discovered Grimerica by searching for Randall Carlson. And after that, every other episode went on hold, and I can now say that Grimerica is my favorite podcast by far. Now, that blows me away. That's me saying that. I, I can't believe that. I've listened yeah, to about 70 in Being someone's favorite is kind of weird Yeah, it's, it's super weird. It's like something I never would have tried to Or people do. that have listened to like 70 shows in yeah. a row. Yeah, it's weird. I did that with MU. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I, now I go through spurts on on the podcast. I don't listen to any for that long. I go like two or three episodes in a row, and then I switch. I never really miss no agenda though. That's the only one I'm always up to date on. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's hard hard to not to be once you start listening to no agenda. Anyways, that is humbling feedback. Thanks a lot. And uh, he says he's got two little synchronicities. Okay, ready? Rapid fire. Ready? My aunt got me a job working for one of her clients, and it turns out this guy's brother works with my stepdad on Marine police about 300 kilometers north. My aunt is an equine vet and my boss has horses and he has an environmental engineering firm, which hired me. This is the most random synchronicity because my aunt knew my boss and my stepdad knew his brother long before my aunt and stepdad ever met. To add this, to add to this, a colleague at work knew my cottage 
neighbor fairly well randomly through competitive volleyball. Mm. I don't know what I need to called. know the size of the town to rate that. <laughs> Take the size of the town and divide it by a hundred thousand, and there's a score. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty. Uh, Not if it's a town of six million. Yeah. So my best, my second best ranker was on the way to shopping at Costco with my mom. We stopped at the dollar store next to Costco because she wanted to get something for one of her kindergarten students. She got a Superman notebook and showed me, showed it to me how explaining this kid just loves Superman. Then as we walk into Costco, every TV on display is, is playing Superman. What are the odds? Thanks guys. Keep it up. That's Paul from Ontario. Uh, 5.7. Yeah. With yeah, the, the kid was prob- not even probably. I'd be a nice cause he's Canadian, but <laughs> Superman movie come out. The kids all, yeah. you know, that's why the kid likes Superman. Cause the Superman movies. Coming yeah. Out. And then Costco's got the latest movie playing. So fuck Costco. All right, buddy, that's about it. Oh, we got the UFO quote got to do still. No, we're not doing it. Yeah, we are. No, UFO quote's canceled. Really? That's the You had me there because I thought maybe it was a bonus episode, so you were going to tell me that we don't do them on bonus episodes. It's coming. I wish to give you a summary of what is known in the world about flying discs. Of what is known about the opinion of qualified experts who have dealt with this matter. The problem of flying discs has popularized, oh no, has polarized the attention of the whole world. But it's serious and it deserves to be treated seriously. Almost all the governments of the great powers are interested in it, dealing with it in a serious and confidential manner due to its military interest. That is... From the O Cruziero magazine, Rio de Janeiro, December 11th, 1954. That's Colonel Brigadier General Juan Edil Oliveira, Chief of the Air Force Staff Information Service, Brazil. Nice. Those Brazilian names just roll off your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how to pronounce that. Like, I can't even guess. I'm, I'm better off pronouncing French names. You're better off pronouncing. Just English names. Let's start with those. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I think that's about it, eh, for this bonus intro. Keep it short and sweet. Both yeah. of us have dinner tonight. I'm taking yeah. my lovely wife out for a daylight Valentine's Day dinner. A lot easier to get a res- reservation. Yeah, I'll be celebrating Valentine's Day next weekend. There you go. Yeah. A week later. Yeah, a you week give later. You can flowers for fucking super cheap. <laughs> Uh, of course, support our value for value model. Uh, we keep the show on the website, uh, both 100% ad and sponsor free. We don't have to talk about fucking Squarespace or anything else because we are 100% listener supported. Uh, check out grimerica.ca slash support for all the different options there. Yeah. And oh, if you've, if you've uh, got a, and we have no more t-shirts. No, we don't have any more t-shirts, but we will probably make some. We might, yeah, we'll probably make some more. My my buddy at the and post maybe some office stickers too. My buddy at the post office wants us to do like, just tell me what kind of t shirt he wanted. Pretty funny, green, red, or blue, and make your big guy smoking the doobie on the front. It's pretty funny. There you go. There you so, have it. So, uh, but if you subscribed already, you don't have to change a thing, right? That's a question. That's that right. Some people yeah. have had. Now you so, guys have like a rite of passage. You are now on a subscription plan that no longer exists, exists right? Okay. So but, there's 24 yeah. Now the new options range anywhere from a dollar to $30 a month as we had people express interest in different values depending on, you know, some people have more spare money than others and can afford more. That's just the way it is. Right. So we like to open that up. 
And of course, the the main way to support the show costs you nothing at all, and that is just telling other people to listen to the show. Can they still uh, get an email address through one of those options? Yeah. Okay, and then uh, basically, I guess we can go with anything over five bucks a month gets you the email address if you like it. Okay, and then the and then the uh, Bitcoin they can also uh, throw their change. Yeah, there's a Bitcoin option. Bitcoin and there's, jar there. Yeah, something. yeah, we do get some Bitcoins from time to time. We have that one listener who sends us Bitcoins all the time. Actually, he wants to have a. He's got a guy who wants us to, to have on. I was checking it out. I think we should uh, pop him in. For He's sure. A loyal supporter. So yeah. Of course, our loyal supporters, when they send us guests, we, we listen when everyone sends us guests. But if it's someone who's supporting the show and, and you know, uh, been around a long time, they definitely take them seriously. For sure. Yeah. And we've got some local uh, people that opened up a float lab. They want to they wanna come on the show. Oh, too. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Too, yeah. yeah. Lisa wants to that go float. Awesome. I want to go over float. We should have we can have a show about floating. Yeah. Maybe we'll get them in the studio. Yeah. Or we can maybe go there. We'll see. <laughs> or maybe we can get them in the studio. Maybe. And we have to clean it up. <laughs> yeah. Lisa just cleaned it a while ago and it's already degraded. Uh, but it, I mean, we're getting more and more technologically advanced as we go. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so we've got uh, coming up. Do we need to talk about this stuff or do we do it in the outro? We did it in the outro. All right. So just listen to the outro for who's coming up next live and who's coming up released. Yep. And uh, thanks for listening. Support the show. Sign up for Justin's newsletter, grandamerica.ca, even, slash news. Uh, enjoy the chat with Eve Lorgan, and we'll see you in the outro. Okay, guys, we're going to be chatting with Eve Lorgan this afternoon in Great America. A little, uh, a little bonus app. She has a web- webinar coming up at the end of the month, so we figured we'd pop this one out right away and try and get as many of you guys to pop over and check it out as we can. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm, you, you smell, yeah, you I'm, smell well today. Yeah, it's a, it's an early afternoon. <laughs> it's an early afternoon podcast. It, it's not like the after work, uh, <laughs> after work stale scent of. Of me, Darren, you shouldn't. I prefer the stale. Like I prefer the stale grab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyways, I'm a bit nervous for this one. We've been I've been wanting to talk about this for a while now. And a friend of mine sent me a link to Eve Lorgan and I started looking in at her website and stuff. And I was like, this is this seems perfect. This is what I who we need to talk to about anomalous trauma. So Eve has been, you know, researching and consulting in regards to anomalous trauma for a while. She offers uh, hypnotherapy and coaching. She's written a couple books, uh, latest two are love the love bite. And that's like alien interference in human love relationships and the dark side of Cupid. Uh, she's been in, you know, researching alien uh, and UFO abductions and she's Anasara Yogi and writer. And she began, 
uh, she got her master's degree in, in counseling psychology and she started a support group uh, in 1994 in San Diego for this stuff. So there's lots to talk about here. It's going to be a good free flowing conversation about uh, trauma and maybe how we can help people. And so we're happy to have you here. Welcome to the Grand America show, Eve. Well, thank you for having me. And um, I just want to make a, a short uh, correction. I don't mean to, but actually I'm a Ashtanga yogi as well as Anusara, but you know, the Anusara doesn't exist anymore. Oh, technically. So I'll just say Ashtanga. And then I do, I do yoga as a, as a way to actually help balance out really all that I do, because if anyone's has like read my website or my books, they'll find that anomalous trauma can be quite overwhelming. And sometimes a lot of the darker elements of human experience people come to me for. So I need to balance that out in my own life, you know, to try to relax and do yoga and meditate and do all these other positive things to really kind of clear the energy when I work with people. So just wanted to, to let that out there. No, that's, There's that's really good. a lot involved. I mean, more than just the alien abduction experience, but that's actually how it started out. Um, many years ago, I had an interest because of my own personal experiences with the alien abduction phenomena and paranormal events all throughout my life and my family. And I wanted to learn more about it. And at the time, um, boy, I mean, I read Bud Hopkins' books and Jacques Vallée's books way back, I think, in the late 70s and the early 80s. And at that time, I really wasn't aware of my own experiences in depth. And I thought they were all, let's say, positive, hoping that they were like positive ETs and stuff. But I kind of discovered that it was actually a combination of some some of the darker elements as well as neutral and then some seemingly positive. So it was really a whole plethora of experiences. So I learned more about myself and also the subject matter through research until I got my degree in counseling psychology with the emphasis of really working with family and um, marriage and family and transpersonal as well as hypnotherapy. So that kind of got me started with um, that element. I was actually a biochemist before that and studied oriental medicine as well. Although I was disenchanted with the biochem field, I actually got poisoned from from a job from working with toxins and biohazards, wow. which um, you know took me a long time to clean it out of my system and to get healthy again. So I'm glad to do something else where I could just work with people and uh, with their minds and psychology. I find that more interesting, even though I was a scientist and can think scientifically and you know the scientific hypothesis and reasoning and all that. So, um, yeah, so it really wasn't until the early 1990s that I started working in person with people who've had, let's say, the alien abduction experience or UFO sightings, missing time, or even paranormal things like near-death experiences or people who had um, MKUltra or ritual abuse or what I call the MILAB experience, which I really got into that a lot more because a lot of people came in for that you know, in that area of Southern California, there just happened to be a lot of the Milab kind of experiences. So really, I mean, there's so much here. Who really inspired me probably in the beginning, of course, was Jacques Vallée, as well as um, Barbara Bartholik, um, Bud Hopkins, Carla Turner. Mm-hmm. Carla Turner in particular was the one who really inspired me. And I was lucky enough to see her speak in San Diego in the spring of 1995, which was her last, one of her last public speeches. Uh, speaking engagements before she died in January of 1996 of breast cancer. And it was known amongst the private circles of people who knew her personally, like um, Barbara Bartholik and some of my colleagues like James Bartley, that uh, Carla Turner really, uh, this was not a natural death. Let's just put it that way. It was something that was orchestrated. 
And I think she was put out because of the alarming things that she did say at the time about the malevolent aspects of the alien abduction experience uh, with respect to um, the reptilian part and the military abduction angle. Which, yeah, and, and at that time, you know, people wanted to be, they wanted to either believe it that it was all positive ETs or all the negative things would be just the human military and be kind of this black and white kind of thing. But in reality, there's there's a lot going on sometimes within the same person's experience over many experiences. They may have a, a collection of different like positive, negative, neutral, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. So really, she brought out a lot of the things that weren't being discussed within what I thought was a narrowly circumscribed definition of the alien abduction or the alien encounter phenomena. Because it, as we have learned over the years, it's really very much of it is interdimensional in nature, although not all of it. And there certainly are people who have, you know, the classic UFO encounter with missing time with physical evidence and medical evidence and that kind of thing. And it does happen. So mm -hmm. there's all those things that happen. How did, how did uh, Carla die actually? Well, she died of, uh, it was breast cancer, but it moved all over her body. And uh, I know that she got taken before that in an abduction where I believe they did something to her and, you know, basically threatened her. And um, there was also a engineered car accident kind of thing that had occurred and she was still being taken. I mean, she and her family were people who had experienced alien abductions in their lives. And they even she even wrote a book about that. Her first book was called Into the Fringe, which was about their personal experiences. Um, and I think she lived in Arkansas and Barbara Bartholick was in Oklahoma. So a lot of her experiences were basically in those areas of the United States. Mm. So, um, yeah, she definitely inspired me because she reported things that other people were reporting in my support group as well as my own experiences that weren't being talked about. Mm. But really one of the biggest things that I thought was of great importance after working with people for a while, let's say doing support groups and trying to get people together to come to my home, you know, every so often was actually a, a quite a momentous task to get a number of people together at the same time, because what would happen is there would be a lot of um, what I call the interruptions and for lack of a better terms, spiritual warfare and distractions and disruptions that would occur to prevent people from coming together to share information about their experiences. Hmm. And this was a consistent thing that happened over and over again, so much so that I actually, that's what I first started really writing about way back in like 1996, 1997. Some of my first articles were not only about the, quote, truth detracting elements, but also about the, um, the uh, implant surgeries that Dr. Roger Lear and Daryl Sims um, corresponded with. And I was present at like in 1995, where they actually did do some surgical removal of alien implants from five people. And I did a interview with all of those people like together and did an article about that as well as um, the fluorescence phenomena which happens sometimes after people have been abducted if they scan their skin with a uv black light in a darkened room sometimes you will see certain kinds of spots or even uh certain marks hand marks and stuff yeah they're like brand marks like there's specific symbols that may show up so you have to basically rule out you know whether or not it's some kind of something in your natural environment, which you would do, you'd know how to do. But that was something that Daryl Sims brought out and that I wrote about because I was a biochemist and I kind of understood a little bit of that, like what kinds of things will fluoresce and mm -hmm. why they fluoresce and blah, blah, blah. So, but really my 
what I felt was more important was really not so much the scientific aspects, although they are important, but was what I called the a manipulation and orchestration of their lives on other levels that went beyond, let's say, the medical exams of the classic alien abduction experience. Mm-hmm. Things like setting people up in love relationships and then and then basically doing all this emotional uh, testing and training and putting people together in love dramas, which Barbara Bartholick actually had worked with this for years and had seen this. And, and, you know, in addition to everything else, right, um, she called it the the drama of the love obsession. And that was something that would happen to quite a few of the people who were having what I call the multiple alien encounter experiences, which mm-hmm. means these are the kinds of people who tend to have it in their family line and may have multiple encounters, abductions, visitations over their life. And and is, you- this, is this what you wrote about in your book, The Love Bite? Yes, yes. And that was basically case histories of people who knew that they had their relationships, usually the love relationships, orchestrated. They were either pre-bonded several times throughout childhood and adulthood and then set up with someone by the aliens, or they were set up, maybe they didn't remember all the details of pre-bonding, but they definitely had, there was like a characteristic of what would happen, um, how that would manifest out in a relationship pattern with all the unusual synchronicities and omens and you know, heightened a love obsession, the, the emotions would be very heightened. The telepathic connection between them and their, quote, targeted partner was magnified such that, you know, they may even have shared dreams or like a empathy and telepathy that was much beyond the norm, you know, that they even had, let's say, in their marriages. Hmm. So it was definitely a syndrome that, that played itself out with a lot of high emotional drama and paranormal activity as well as an increased, um, let's say, alien visitations during the drama of the love obsession. So it's as if that kind of activity would increase during the drama of that connection going on. And indeed, that's what was written about in the book with many cases. Um, And one that I did that actually Dr. Carla Turner wrote about in a book, The Ted Rice Case. And his book, actually, that original book was called Masquerade of Angels, which was an awesome book and an expose and detail about what happened in his personal experience, having been taken numerous times in his lifetime by several species of aliens, by the way, and also being pre-bonded to a woman since he was a teenager over several times and then where, where a love obsession resulted and the whole dynamic of what happened in his life. And it really wasn't, a lot of the stuff wasn't pleasant. What Dr. Carla Turner did, in which actually Barbara Bartholick was the hypnotherapist who worked at, at length with Ted Rice and with many people, by the way, but she was able to get through what I call the, the screen memories of some of these experiences where maybe the, the first level of memory may be just the, they know they're missing time. And then the second level might be they remembered something medical being done, but they felt good about it. There was no fear or they had like a positive feeling about it. But as she went deeper, she found that there were screens and layers to the memories and they, how they were manipulated and that there were other things going on that were reptilian in nature or more, I guess you could say malevolent or exploitative Hmm. that level. So that was clearly demonstrated in the Ted Rice case. So what I did is I just basically summarized the whole, the love bite aspect to show, you know, how it happened in terms of the manipulation of actually it was the heart chakra energies were literally fused and bonded 
from one person into the other. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, the, the soul bonding was so strong. Huh. So, so and, the, and, and this yeah. manipulation is, is not just from aliens. It could be from my labs and from, uh, reptilian type sources. But, and then what's the purpose behind it then? Like, what are the, is it for breeding purposes and, uh, hybrid hybridization type stuff or. Well, I would say there's several, depending on who's doing it, you know, I mean, if let's say it's classic alien abduction, where in, let's say in Ted's case, he remembers the first memory was he thought they were angels taking him. And then under regression, it was the greys who did the physical picking up, right? And some of the medical stuff. But then there were reptilians and other aspects of the experience. So in his case, they did not have children. I don't even think they ended up getting married. So what I discovered over the years and with Barbara Bartholik's uh, continued mentorship was that, you know, there were several reasons why this could be taking place with the classic aliens who are doing the abduction scenarios. And one of them, of course, is to put people together so that they would have children because they want that particular genetic bloodline uh, of person so they could abduct them for whatever studies they're doing. That's one reason. Although I don't think that's necessarily the primary reason why they do this whole love bite thing. But for what the emotional harvesting is, what I think was the primary reason. And this is something Barbara Bartholick, you know, basically would say, yeah, it's, it's the emotional harvesting of these, you know, the longing and the passion and the unrequited love and, and, you know, the sexual energy or the anger or the rage, all these different um, emotional highs and lows was more like a harvesting of emotional and sexual energy, which I believe now is the, the primary reason. But in cases like where we discovered there was what I call the Milab experience, which would be a classic, let's say, alien abductee, someone who's had alien encounters throughout their life, could be greys, could be mantises, could be any number of ETs. But in their case, there's military corresponding or in liaison was either one of those groups that are their handlers, so to speak, mm-hmm. or they could be military who take them later to interrogate them about what group they're interacting with. So, but in the Milab thing, what we discovered is that the Milabs were like a subset of abductees who were sheep dipped into additional programs and secret programs that were carried out by military and aliens working together to create basically super soldiers and operatives or experimentees depending on what they wanted to use them for. So in those cases, sometimes what they, they put them together, like a targeted partner, like a woman and a man, and they both be quote mill labs or maybe just one. And then they would put them together in such a way that it activates their energy field, like the Kundalini energy. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, you have an expansion and amplification of Kundalini sexual energy, life force energy that one of the side effects of that is to have expanded awareness. So what happens is your psychic abilities can basically go through the roof after you've been basically activated with this energy, this Shakti, as a result. So what they would do is they would they put them together, sometimes with a partner or with a reptilian in some cases, that would activate their energy field. And they turn around and then take them and use them on some kind of what I call mind-controlled operation, like remote viewing or any number of things that they may be used for in these secret high-tech programs. So one of the reasons would be, of course, to activate their energy field, to amplify the psi, like what I call the psi energy or the psychic abilities or other abilities. Mm -hmm. So then that would make them more useful as an operative with heightened abilities. So that's another reason. 
And let's see another, there was like four basic reasons why they put people together. And let's say if they disrupted someone or they set them up with someone, whether it's alien or military, it really wouldn't matter if it's a disruption. They can do this to someone who's on their newly uh, awakening experiences where they're wanting to know the truth about their, let's say, alien abduction or perhaps even mind control project experiences. If someone is actively seeking uh, memory retrieval, they're doing their healing and recovery work, they're doing research, then they can be targeted with what I call a love bite setup with a basically a Romeo agent who's like a sleeper or somebody that's being manipulated to be sent in their life to control and manipulate them such that they, they could never get their healing and recovery process done or undo the programming if it's a Milab or an MKUltra kind of thing. So that actually happens a lot. And I get a lot of those kind of cases where it's more of a disruptive kind of element going on where they're in a certain stage in their awakening process. And then all of a sudden, you know, they have a relationship where the relationship is like what I describe in the dark side of Cupid book, which is my later book. Yeah, And that is basically a syndrome of a relationship where the energy vampirism characteristics are more predominating, where let's say one of the partners is hosted or influenced by what I call a third-party entity or interdimensional being like a reptilian, but not necessarily a reptilian, that would use that, let's say, other partner as a vessel or puppet to basically manipulate the other partner or mess them up or, or suck their energy, basically, or just create all this drama in their life. And mm-hmm. sometimes they don't even know how they're being influenced or they, they don't even know what they have in their in their field, like an attached entity kind of thing. So that a lot of that's going on. So is this something that most of the time people are remembering or like if people are dealing with this, do they usually know it? Or is this something that can, you know, kind of be happening behind the scenes? Well, I would say it it happens behind the scenes a lot. I think that as we awaken emotionally, spiritually, um, it's like our spiritual eyes become opened and then we may be able to actually perceive that there's a lot of this going on even naturally in the world without having to do with alien abduction at all, that there's an element of that that's a natural part of like living on this planet. But in in these cases, it's as if some people are deliberately targeted because they're expanding their awareness or they're in some kind of secret project. And as a result of the secret project, let's say it's a a Milab project that's associated with MKUltra in some capacity, but also has alien involvement. They'll want to keep those people They want to keep their programming intact. They want to maintain the security and they want to be able to use these people as operatives. They're their assets, right? With these special abilities. So they want to keep them for themselves. It's like (laughs) they own them, right? Mm -hmm. So they want them getting together with a partner that's going to be wonderful and and true love. And it's going to awaken their abilities and they're going to undo all the programming and find out this whole thing is a scam they've been involved in. So that's kind of... Yeah. Kind of along the lines of something like uh, almost goes fits right in with like a reincarnation idea where with like, a, you know, soulmates that are kind of stuck together through different lifetimes. And these people are sort of stepping in and twisting it or manipulating it almost. Yeah. Oh, yes. And there's so many angles to this that we will discuss at the event at the end of February on the 28th. Um, we're going to do a roundtable discussion event through Rise Multiversity, and the post is on my website. So what we're going to discuss, me and five people, 
who all have had experiences as well as our own independent research in the whole love bite thing. We're going to talk about all the different angles of this, you know, from an experiential perspective, from a research perspective, from a spiritual perspective, or from the perspective of, let's say there's a true soulmate or a twin flame kind of connection that literally gets disrupted by, let's say, for lack of a better term, by dark forces or watchers or interdimensional beings or reptilians or whoever may want to prevent the true love because true love is very, very powerful and transformative and can manifest great things for the people. If the people, the couple is really clear and they've done their healing work and their clearing work, it's an extremely powerful, wonderful thing. You know, I mean, there's some religions, um, like in some Vedic perspectives, that the whole Jivan Mukti aspect of twin flame union is really the the last step to enlightenment. Yeah. yeah. So it's that it's, it is that powerful. Hmm. So this is something that, let's say, if there are dark forces who are manipulating the planet, they don't want that to happen. So they'll prevent that, and they'll and they'll mess with people who maybe really are the true soulmates, where one person is completely manipulated. Maybe they've you know, done things in their life. They tweaked things here and there gone. They, I mean, they can go in and out of time and tweak things so that people don't meet or people do meet and aliens can do this. And this is already known with people who've had multiple alien abductions that the, the aliens can go in and out of time and, and do things so that you meet someone or don't meet someone or something happens or something doesn't happen. So it's, it's really amazing when you consider the multidimensional and in and out of time perspective of all this. So yeah, it can get pretty uh, overwhelming in terms of you know, the tangents we can go on. With yeah, it. yeah. I'm I'm really interested in in the anomalous trauma and then and the support that's out there, or should I say, the lack of support that's out there for people? Because I know I know some men and women that I've met over the last few years uh, personally that have had entity encounters from when they were kids, and uh, and some of them don't really call it abductions, and some of them may call it abductions, some of them may just be vague about what kind of entity encounters there are, but I definitely want to save time uh, in this, in this chat for getting as deep as you can get into the incubus and succubus type type encounter. And, and then what kind of support uh, obviously talking about it's good and the, and the counseling aspect. And then there's the hypnotherapy and just talking about what kind of support is out there for people. Cause I mean, obviously part of the problem in our society is the denial of existence of any kind of anomalous trauma. You know, everybody wants to chalk it up to sleep paralysis or something. Yeah. Uh, very blanket. You know, every everybody that has anything happen in the middle of the night is it's a uh, sleep paralysis, and I don't believe that that's the case. I have uh, people, you know, in my life that have had uh, and are still having through their whole life uh, incubus encounters, mm-hmm. and and I believe uh, there's some some uh, similarities to sleep paralysis, but I don't think that explains the whole thing. Oh, so yeah. I don't know if you want to get into that right now. I mean, we're gonna link to your your show and your books and everything in the show notes too. I want to, so we can talk more about your rise multiversity later as well. Okay. Well, I'm, I could start with the sleep paralysis aspect because that does occur. Um, that actually can occur naturally in the human body when um, REM sleep starts and the muscle tone becomes paralyzed for a real reason so that we don't act out our dreams. And part of that is a natural process of falling asleep. Yeah. Sometimes that could happen where you're still, you fall asleep so fast, you're, you're conscious and become conscious of the fact that you just went numb and you can't move. Um, but then I believe that there's things that happen in alien encounters where they, they know how to manipulate the brainwave state so that they can literally do something with a frequency and then just manipulate that state and then take you so they can create that paralysis. 
So that that's happened to me even, you know, with classic alien abduction where they do some kind of frequency thing and it actually causes you to become paralyzed right, and right. able to move. And then they can take you energetically. They could pull you out of the body or they can pull you completely physically or they can literally take you physically and move you through walls into a craft or, you know, elsewhere. So that does happen. And um, sometimes you hear like a vibration or a hum before that or um, almost like there's an earthquake, like an interdimensional earthquake kind of sensation where things you think the room the whole room is shaking and that's when they're interdimensionally like cracking into your reality and they can get in that's they they can do that so there's all kinds of ways they get in but the um sleep paralysis does happen and the incubi succubi is something that's happened for years and i guess depending on if it's a male or a female experiencing it the entity would be you know the female for the male and the opposite you know for the female but they can be one and the same beings that can shapeshift. And I believe that the reason why they do this is to take sexual energy. And sometimes they could take sperm and then use that sperm to impregnate a woman elsewhere. And then they just shapeshift depending on <laughs> who they want to mess with. So they're, they're a kind of interdimensional being. Um, is, there, is there a help for the demonic sex attacks of the incubus and succubus? Or like, what would you recommend people do that are, that are having that problem? And they've had it throughout their lives and it's not, you know, it's not an every, every week or every month thing, but it's been sporadic throughout their whole life. Yeah, that would mean I think a window's open somehow for an interdimensional being to be either linked into their field um, and it could happen from an original trauma. Right. right. So what we would do, I mean, let's say if there's a therapeutic way, um, this is something that's done in holographic kinetics, which is a method that Steve Richards has created and developed um, based on the Aboriginal Dreamtime healing understanding of how the universe works and how these healers do their work and understand uh-huh. things. Basically, if these things are happening a lot. You got a you got a hole in your field because it's it's hacked into your field interdimensionally. Okay, so it usually happens through a trauma, or it could be carried on through a bloodline thing, it, like your family. It could be in a haunted house um, or a past life thing where something happened where that entity was with you in another life and you carried it through into your next life. So there's different reasons why they can hack in. But once they're in, you basically want to get them out because they're, they're a pain in the, you know, they're a pain, right? Yeah, they're yeah, literally. You know? And then, they, you know, you can get them from relationships too. I mean, you can have nothing happened in your life. And then you get in one of these like love bite, dark side of Cupid relationships where you date someone and have, and you don't even have to have sex with them. Actually, you could just have astral interconnections with them and where your energy fields mix. And then pretty soon you can be messed with by the entity. That's their entity, so to speak. And um, so the different ways we would clear that, I mean, prayer is one way that people have, they, you know, calling on the name of Jesus has worked for many people and praying has been effective for a lot of people. So I can't denounce that. Right. I believe that there is power in prayer and positive intentions and visualizations and let's say stopping behaviors that can open up these interdimensional windows like drug addictions or substance abuse or violent behaviors or perverted uh, sex addictions can bring these entities in. So there's different ways they can come in that you can close those windows. Um, basically, you know, having a purified emotional body and, you know, clean thoughts, clean environment, clean food helps 
keep those windows shut. But what we do, let's say in holographic kinetics or some of my work is, um, let's say something came in and there's an interdimensional interference. We just call it alien interference. Okay. And they know there's something messing with them or the relationship. So we take them through, let's say a guided hypnotherapeutic process or like a guided visualization where uh, I take them to a safe place and then we connect directly with their highest, I call it their highest spirit essence, which is the eternal now divine aspect. Some people call it higher self. Mm-hmm. Connect with that part of yourself and the power and the willpower. And then you use that awareness under guided and a relaxed state to um, find where these entities may be attaching in their body or their energy fields and literally clear it out through willpower and through the power of the frequency of that spirit essence. That's one way. And that's, there's a method that I learned through Dr. Corrado Malanga of Italy and he calls them liberation techniques. And there's three basic ones that he developed that are specific for alien abductees. And so I use those methods, but basically therapeutically, you clear the trauma. You have to find the trauma at which point these entities entered okay. its current life. And then that person could be guided by their spirit. Once we make that connection, uh-huh. go directly to, and kind of relive it, but I don't want to say relive it in a way that creates more post-traumatic stress. Right. You basically are in the now of the experience and you release those emotions associated with that traumatic event. And a lot of times that's when the entity enters where let's say a belief or a judgment was um, made at that time during that shocking experience. A lot of times when we're really young, let's say between now and seven years old, you may make beliefs about yourself or the world or whatever that are not true. Like, oh, I will never have love in my life. All men are bad or, um, you know, Whatever, whatever it is, whatever the trauma did, like I will never play again because I'm too scared because somebody threw something on my sister's head and cracked her brain open. Whatever the trauma was, sometimes we make beliefs that are deeply embedded in the subconscious mind. So these deeply embedded beliefs, in, in addition with the energy of the trauma that's not released, right, that's trapped and repressed in there, then that creates this kernel of power to recreate a particular pattern in your lifetime. So that means you you keep recreating in your life the belief system that you believed at that trauma, as well as maintaining that entity that keeps keeps that going. Hmm. So you have to basically clear it out. You literally just clear it and release that. And so there's a way you can release traumas and interdimensional entities basically at the same time. Uh, or you could reframe the event therapeutically, which is what a lot of hypnotherapists do with people who've gone through traumas. And they, they basically want to reframe their life to be something better than what it was, to have a positive sense of self and experience. And you can do that. And so, yeah, that's one of the, the methods of therapy that would be like individual working individually with someone. Mm. But there's ways you can do support, like with others, like sharing with others. And yeah, I was going to ask about that too. Yeah. Like group, uh, group support groups and stuff like that. That's helpful. I yeah. think that's very helpful, and that's one thing that I think the internet has helped us do is become aware that there's many people across the the globe who have had similar experiences, and we're finally meeting each other and being able to talk and connect, even if it's just online, at least we're learning a lot that way. We're learning much more probably than we've ever learned before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's also disinformation out there and there's also different groups who believe this or groups that believe that. So in a real support group environment, one of the things that I discovered was that 
There's people who have different kinds of experiences, like some people may have had, let's say, more of the traumatic malevolent types with a lot of post-traumatic stress symptoms or the lab experience, and some who have had maybe just one incident of missing time and they don't seem to have a lot of trauma in their lives and they think the, the beings are good and they may just have beings appear in their dreams and they don't seem to be negative. And so there's different kinds and then there's different belief systems that are generated as a result of those experiences. So when you put people together in a support group, sometimes you get a lot of differences of opinion, which can turn into a lot of uh, disruptive arguments if, if it's not facilitated correctly. So that's one of the things that I learned early on is that if we wanted to do a support group, we're going to keep it based on supporting the person through ever what experience that they're sharing on an emotional and heart-based level. So instead of talking all about what we believe and how wonderful we think these beings are and how they're raising our consciousness, we basically stay on a feeling and a heart level from a completely supportive and reflective empathy perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that keeps us on a really human level so that the people who basically think they're special and they're all, their egos are all activated about how special they are about being, you know, the, this emissary of this star system, you know, it's like, get over it. It's like, this is here. We're here to be human with each other. We're here to support each other on a feeling and needs basis so that we could support whatever process of self-discovery that takes place in a therapeutic environment. Wow. And that's how I like to do it because I know that there's so many different belief groups out there with respect to this whole UFO ET thing. I mean, believe me, there's everything is out there. So I like to just keep it simple from a therapeutic perspective on feelings and needs and resolution of trauma and getting the person functional and learning how to connect with others to have mutual support so that we don't have to be isolated because the isolation exacerbates the post-traumatic stress and the problems, the negative aspects of it. Yeah, I was just going to say, there must be an increase in trauma due to our denial, of the mainstream denial of the existence. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the worst things. And I guess one of the things that I wanted to even discuss on our roundtable, as well as, you know, anytime is uh, sometimes people, uh, there's so many different beliefs about this whole ET thing that they think there's some groups who only want to believe that they're positive. And that if you have something that's negative, well, that means you're fear-based and you're spiritually retarded. There's something wrong with you. And they do this kind of shame and blame the victim kind of modality, which is actually part of a mind control program that's deliberate by the higher level beings who who are deceiving those who are thinking they're positive. And this is something that Dr. Carla Turner and Barbie, Barbara Bartlett, we knew off the top years ago when this stuff was happening, but people keep falling for it over and over and over again. So you have to be really careful about um, really releasing the need to believe. um, One way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you have to be neutral and release whatever your need is to believe anything so that you can get to the core truth of your being while you're being surrounded with, with a compassionate presence and and a safety. Yeah. Happens. And we could truly let go of the need for ego or to, you know, make your business better or to be a better channeler or whatever it is. You really have to release on this humble level of of equanimity. This is what they call it in Buddhism. It's basically releasing your desire and fear to attach any identity of being, oh, I'm a contactee. I'm special. I have all these upgrades. I'm an indigo. I'm a crystal. I'm a this. I'm a that. You just let go of it all. Well, I'm trying to to refrain from uh, categorizing my friend's, you know, demonic sex attacks, right? Like all I know is it sounds like an incubus, right? And I don't know if there's overlaps with the other anomalous trauma that, that you talk about, but I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the subconscious 
um, attachments or the subconscious trauma. Like people, oh, yeah. including her, think they've they've um, and they believe that they've they've uh, they've uh, made it through their trauma and they they they're no longer traumatized from certain events. But I think there's a subconscious thing going on underneath, which is hard for people to to come out uh, yeah to to cleanse. I guess right. Yeah, it is hard because there's there's the trauma element and then there's the element of, let's say, interdimensional entity thing. And there could be different causes and you want to be able to release both at the same time. And in order to it's like these entity things can be confusing, sometimes they can come from different causes of origin. Sometimes it could be something in the family line that's not necessarily yours. It could be because, you know, your father was a mason or your mom was a witch or um, the house you live in, or it could be a past life thing where you brought it in so that there's no overt trauma that you can remember in this life, but it came in. So the only way to really know is to just do some self-exploration with somebody who's really sensitive on being able to detect uh, what's present. And a lot of times memories are actually blocked from the entities themselves. And we know this from some of the ritual abuse programming that can take place with some of the darker, quote, MKUltra ritual abuse, where they actually insert a demon or interdimensional being of some sort in addition to the trauma. And then that demon's job may be to maintain the programming, which is the script of that alter personality, which basically denies that something ever even happened. And they block the memory, they compartmentalize it. And the demon's job is to keep that block there. So what happens is a lot of times you won't remember nothing. And part of not being able to remember is, is the entity itself. The entity is providing a job of preventing that connection in your consciousness. And this is something that Dr. Corrado Malanga actually found out in his own unique way with the alien abduction phenomena, where he discovered that not only aliens were interfering on many, what he calls it a trans-dimensional level, where they would integrate actually parasite the human consciousness on the the mind or the spirit aspect. And so he found ways to basically remove that alien parasite so that the consciousness, the mind, spirit, and soul could be reintegrated into a coherent, integrated consciousness. And once that took place, then the memories could surface and the sense of self could surface. So that's a big thing. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, that's the healing, healing, uh, the start of the healing process, I guess. Yeah, it's like an integration of consciousness is very important with any kind of trauma. And when there's interdimensional beings that may do this deliberately because of their own reasons, that means they know us sometimes better than we know ourselves. And so it could be pretty tricky sometimes unless we are ready to release, uh, let's say, traumas and certain belief systems and release the programming and then know what is programming versus what is the true core of who you are. And sometimes that's difficult because all we ever knew maybe was the programming. Yeah. So f- as far as your, uh, your hypnotherapy practice and your, and your uh, consulting and that type of thing, can people, I, I see that they can call you and, and get help over the phone, but can they, can they actually, can you actually put somebody through a full like session uh, non-local or do you have to be uh, in the presence? Um, well, it's, it's probably better to do something in person, yeah, yeah. but only done remote sessions because I didn't really have an office and I didn't want to do that yet because of my own reasons of safety, which <laughs> I discovered, you know, working with Milabs, right? And some people have been in these programs. Sometimes they, they have programming to kill you or to 
cause harm to you. So you have to be really careful sometimes, you know? So, but things can be done remotely on Skype or phone, especially let's say a counseling and supportive, empathetic, emotional processing of trauma can happen on Skype. Yeah. And a guided hypnotherapeutic process can also happen. I think it's better if you can do something in person, like if you wanted to do a holographic kinetic session to find someone to do it in person is always better. I think people just respond better when they're in, in someone's presence, you know, in for real, basically, you know, in person. Yeah. But, I know there's, I know there's a, a, a hypnotherapist here that does uh, uh Dolores Cannon type work over mm-hmm. here, which might be helpful as well. Yeah. I mean, hypnotherapy has a lot of good applications if it's done, you know, correctly and we can bypass, you know, what we call the, the defenses of the conscious mind or the defenses due to programming or the defenses due to entities and parasites, which is a really big thing with um, this whole alien interference thing. It's like there's interference on many levels. And so the whole idea is to get through that interference where we can tap into the core essence of, you know, the highest spirit essence. And then once we can do that, then basically we have the power to change and to eliminate the problem. Basically. Have you seen it? Have you seen an increase or a decrease? Like when you, when you fall, if we've been following the UFO community a little bit here, but um, it doesn't sound like a, the abduction phenomena is, is as prevalent as it was in the nineties and, and the two thousands. Have you seen uh, any change? Is it just the way the media is portraying it or is it, is it been I, shifting at all? Well, I think it's still happening. Although there were waves that occurred, let's say in the 90s, where there was like a lot going on, there was waves of activity and we do see waves. Um, There might be different groups, you know, and there's there's definitely groups that are fighting against other groups to prevent that from happening. But I still think it's happening. But I think the technology has improved that, you know, once they get you physically, they may only have to get you physically once or twice a year or in your life. And then once they have you tagged, they're able to manipulate you at a distance or, you know, with the frequency and with consciousness. So they don't have to always take you physically. It's not necessary, actually. That's a funny term for it, tagged, because it's like we're constantly tagging all these other animals and like stealing <laughs> their sperm and impregnating them. And, you know, like that kind of almost puts it in a better perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's it seems to be how. People remembered it. A lot of times people remember like early childhood abductions where there was definitely a craft or something where there was definitely missing time or felt like there was a real physical event. And then later in their lives, all they were having were these like weird, vivid dreams, but they they didn't necessarily have evidence or they might have had body marks, but they could never like prove it. You know, and a lot of it is just the memory loss and the conditioning that takes place to zap your memory. so that You don't know what happened, you know, but I think that there's other modes of understanding reality where they can literally pull you from one dimension to the next. And, um, you know, I mean, what people report in some of these my labs, there's a portal that opens up in your bedroom and they, they switch your personality. And let's say if you're already preconditioned from lifetime, from early in abductions, like a mill lab, they switch the personality telepathically while you're in bed asleep. So the personality switches and gets up out of bed and goes through the portal and then literally disappears for a few hours or whatever. Uh, while they do what they have to do in this other environment, and then they'll take them back, open the portal, and they'll go back to bed. But they can manipulate time so that if they take you, you may just um, 
it may just be a few minutes, but in reality, it was like a several hour period of time. So they could manipulate time so that they could take you and you could be gone for a lot longer. And then when they take you back, you're only gone for a second or two or a couple hours. So all this kind of stuff goes on too. It makes it very uh, fascinating to say the least. Like you can get looped memories. Like I knew a woman who she's actually in the dark side of Cupid book. I don't think I mentioned her abduction, but she had an abduction that happened with two other men on the beach, but all they saw, it was broad daylight. All they saw was like a light in the sky. And it was a momentary sighting where it was just, they just thought it was just a sighting. But when she came back home several hours later, she just started, she had all these flashback memories as if something occurred where there was a period of time spent basically being taken with these two other men. And it was actually a love bite thing where they're trying to bond her with one of them. Hmm. And, um, but when they took her back, I mean, basically they reversed time so that they didn't have any missing time at all, but she got the looped memory. So the looped memory came afterwards, basically. And she was the only one who remembered it. Actually, the other guys, they didn't remember anything at all. They thought nothing happened. All they thought was that they just had this UFO sighting. But when she remembered everything, there was an actual abduction that took place. So that, that kind of stuff happens where there's groups taken. I mean, sometimes, you know, they can mutually um, you know, have witness testimony for each other in a group abduction or a joint thing where there's like a love bite thing going on. Mm. So, yeah. I was listening to this uh, short little audio book on exorcisms last night. And uh, actually I went to see the movie, the seventh son. It was kind of interesting. So it was all <laughs> intertwined around the same, the same type of uh, oh. premise, but um, it, it's, it's amazing. The increase, like there's like hundreds of thousands of them going on in, in Italy and other places. Now there's been a massive increase in exorcisms. And then I also heard a stat about Wicca and not, not to say that Wicca is good or bad or anything like that, but apparently there was like 8,000, people involved in Wicca in the late nineties or something like that. And, and only like a decade later, there's like a million or it's coming up on a million. So do you, have you ever thought about the increase in interest in, in these things or, or is it, does it seem like to you that it's things are opening up and. Yes, very much so. I mean, well, we're seeing a progression over time of certain belief systems that are probably opening up interdimensional windows and access of some of these darker beings, but other beings as well. I mean, but like portals, basically portals are being opened through certain means, which can be done in different ways. They can be done scientifically. They could be done with rituals and ceremonies and invocations of certain kinds of beings where maybe they don't realize they think, oh, I'm just doing this wonderful earth ceremony calling on, you know, whatever. And they think it's a good being. And then what maybe they're really doing is opening up an interdimensional portal for a bunch of other beings to come through. So that can happen. So, um, like even yeah. the, even the increase in Ouija, Ouija board sales and all that, right. Like they, yeah. after that movie came out. So that's a, that's yeah. kind of playing around with stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's opening windows. It's like going into the ghetto and like not locking your door and thinking you're not going to get ripped off. You know, it's like, that's what this this whole environment. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the in our environment. There's a lot of infections or open windows of stuff. You have to be really careful. I mean, I think it's good to shield and protect yourself when you're doing anything that could open up windows. Even surgery, even anesthesia can open yourself up to interdimensional interference 
or getting an entity or something, or, you know, getting really wasted, getting drunk or having substance abuse could open up windows, doing it, doing certain kinds of channeling seances, Ouija board. I mean, you could open yourself up if you don't know what you're doing. So sure. Can you talk about some of those uh, shielding techniques then like protection uh, daily or uh, daily protection practices you can do? Well, I still think keeping your heart and mind clean and your body clean is good. Like basically praying um, for the good things for others and like maintaining this joyful sense in your being to like basically raise the vibration of your emotional and mental state um, is, is a way to naturally kind of have a natural shield. But sometimes it takes prayer and intention you know, and, and maybe even visualizing different colors of light that have higher frequencies around you or your entire home mm-hmm. or, you know, praying with people helps, but, or closing those interdimensional wind- windows through, let's say a holographic kinetic session or a healing session, basically healing your own trauma and wounds is the biggest way to clear out things, you know, because if people don't do their healing work, they're just going to be open portals basically. You know, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to somebody that doesn't think that they, uh, it's hard for people to know that, or to realize that they have healing work to do. I think, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's, it's obvious and sometimes it's subconscious and it's hard to understand yeah. where you need to go. But can you, can you talk a little bit about that holographic, uh, kinetic stuff? Uh, well, that's something that I, I've done a training actually when I was in Canada, uh, last summer, and I'm going to do another one in New York coming up. Um, and it's actually Steve Richards of Australia actually created and developed this method based on his own unique um, gifts and understanding of the universe, basically based on his Aboriginal lineage, the what they call the dream time, and the the healing and the understanding of how the whole universe, Earth works, spirit works through that understanding which is really amazing i think some of the indigenous races have a really good connection that way and a good understanding of you know the spirit world for example and how that interacts with us in in the physical world and so he developed not only what he knew innately from his lineage but also what he learned from hypnosis and nlp and basically the I don't know, the basics of trauma, healing and resolution and clearing and hypnotherapeutic process. It kind of it's all kind of combined together with the spiritual power of understanding the universe as a holographic universe, as well as understanding the aboriginal dream time. And he calls it point zero when you connect with your spirit, when you have that deep connection where you can be in the eternal now and the neutral zero point then that is a powerful point from which to act in terms of your own healing or helping someone else heal. So it's really learning how to access that. But in order to learn how to be a good practitioner, you really um, a lot have to learn how to clear your own traumas and do your own healing work and connect with your spirit and learning how that is as opposed to, I guess one of the biggest things that I learned um, was that in our world with all the different religions and spirit guides and deities and gods and false gods that we've basically been programmed to connect with all these other, let's say, off-planet gods, these false gods from other star systems or patriarchy or spirit guides or whatever it is, instead of just connecting directly to our own spirit and the earth and the greater all that is. 
It's like keeping it really pure, keeping it really, really simple. And once you get that pure, simple, authentic, internal connection that's inside of you, that is the ground for all where all knowledge comes. So basically, you just let go of those religions, really, and let go of, you know, these deities and these channeled spirit guides or whatever. I mean, some may be helpful. Some spirits and stuff may be helpful. It's just that you have to really clear it out to get clear enough to know you know, how, how not to be led into a false system because there's a lot of corruption and falseness in the spiritual belief systems of this world. <laughs> to put it bluntly, you know, I yeah. uh, pop people's bubble on that. But that's what we've learned is, you know, keeping it simple, keeping it pure is really the best way to go. Right. Um, how about talking about your Rise Multiversity before we uh, end up running out of time here? Okay, well, Rise Multiversity is actually a um, web and audio, I guess, an audio video format that we can basically connect on. It was through several colleagues. Um, Sienna Lea is the one who actually started it, and it's a way that we can do um, support groups or discussion events on a web and audio format where many people could join together, or we can, let's say, have five panelists on video to discuss and then do a question and answer where people can actually literally interact video and audio with us in that kind of format. So it's a way of basically getting community um, support and discussion out there on a webinar kind of format. Mm -hmm. So we want, you know, she wants to expand it with many different kind of capabilities like mentorship and programs and subscribership or whatever. But for now we're doing like a lot of events and discussions and support in that format. So. That's what I'm doing too as part. Cool. And you've got one coming up on the 28th. I'll put that yeah. in the show notes too. And that's limited to a certain number of people, and it's right? It's limited to like a hundred people max for the interactive aspect. Although it could probably be purchased later, like as an audio format to listen to. Right. But we may do this to be several parts because from what we understand, there's so much to discuss. We could probably make this a series to talk about like the alien abduction, the mill labs, the mind control, the spiritual elements, the love bite, everything. And, you know, it, it's a diverse subject matter when we really get going and we could probably make it a series and, and have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm going to try to send some people your way too for uh, cons uh consultation and all that. And you can, you can do that right by going to your website. Yeah, just it's best just to go directly to my evelorgan.com website. And then if you want to send a email, just go through the contact uh, menu button where you could fill out a little form and then put like want a session in the subject matter. And, and then there's like a PayPal thing if you wanted to purchase a session. I get a lot of emails, so sometimes I can't always respond quickly. So um, that's just how it is, you know. Um, these days, but that's one way to get in contact with me. I'm on Facebook too, although I don't always get on Facebook every day. So it's probably better through the web. And you're on the Twitter too. Yeah, but I don't do that very much. I mean, I just send off a thing now and then I don't have time, you know, I get really busy. And I guess that's the problem with sometimes doing this kind of work is that so much of it is online. And I, I really like to, it would be nice to do more in-person things down the line. Because being online is, is is hard to do all the time, like, you know, six hours a day. Are you, going, are you going to any events or anything like that coming up? Um, maybe Philadelphia, but I don't know. I'm not going to put a I'm, – I'm just planning on doing the, the Rise uh, webinar at the end of the month and um, just doing as much as I can. I'm so busy, actually. So yeah, I don't yeah, have anything yeah. set up in person yet. 
but um, except for the training coming up in New York. So, yeah. Before we, uh, before we wrap it up, Darren, we, we talk about synchronicities a lot here on uh, in Grey America and, and a lot of our guests have had pretty crazy synchronistic things to propel them on their path and that type of thing. Um, and you mentioned it already uh, a little bit at the beginning there talking about synchronicities, but do you have any feeling on that or do you have a, a definition or a take on it or do you want to share any synchronicities that you've had? Gosh, you know, I know I've had a lot. I think they happen in ways that can be orchestrated um, by a quote, good and bad. Ah. Uh, it can definitely happen through manipulation with respect to the quote, alien love bite thing. And we know <laughs> that occurs. And, and this is something that actually Tom Montauk has talked about at length in like basically determining how do you know if this is like, say a real positive synchronicity that is organic to the spirit and the purity of our eternal nature, so to speak, that is, the good side, basically, yeah. versus the bad manipulated stuff. So the manipulated ones seem to be more dramatic with a lot of emotional extremes and, and kind of bizarreness to it with maybe a little bit of paranormal activity. Uh -huh. The ones that are more organic tend to be when you're in this state of allowing and a lot of love and selflessness, joyousness, compassion, where it's like grace descends upon you in your field where things just happen and open up so that whatever you wanted and desired basically just comes into your field and, and things just start happening in a flow. And it's, it's more like a state of being that once you're in that state of being, um, things will flow and you'll know it, you'll feel it. If there's something that you could feel and you'll know when it's natural. Yeah. I like that definition. That's good. Yeah. I, I don't think I've really thought about synchronicities being, uh, uh, intentionally manipulated, you know, for you by something else. Yeah, it can happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is what the dark side of Cupid is about. You can see how that occurs. Let's say if someone is a channeler and has a specific guide that comes through them. And then if you're in a relationship with someone who has that kind of direct connection with certain kinds of entities, then those entities can engineer things in your life in a phenomenal way, in a synchronistic way, so that you're involved in whatever that agenda is or that project. And Things do happen that way. So it's something just to look out for. I um, like that. So synchronicity is just kind of like when a puppet sees the strings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both ways it can happen. So, yeah. Right on, Eve. Well, we want to thank you a lot for coming on the show. And it was uh, it was great to chat about all this stuff and, and learn about it. And I hope that people know, know that there's some some support groups out there and there's some help for, for trauma and PTSD that's happened through, you know, unexplainable anomalous phenomena so yeah there is so yeah. thank you for having me and You're that welcome. was a discussion and uh, i was glad to be here great yeah we'll send you all the links and stuff and uh we'll be in touch and i'll probably be there on the 28th to listen to you guys chat about all this again okay yeah, yeah. ask a question yeah okay for sure okay enjoy the rest of your long weekend all right you too okay bye, bye. Welcome back to the Grand America Show. That was our chat with Eve Lorgan. Yeah, 
chat. A little out there for you, buddy? Yeah, that one's a bit out there. Some of it, I, I mean, I can see some correlations in it to some other things we talk about. And, you know, there always seems to be that crossover. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Some of that, I'm still not fully on board with abductions and shit like that. So when you start going over and above and building on that, it, it gets kind of kind of tough for me. But, I mean, I'm willing to give everything a shot. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I've i known so many people that have had experiences like that that it's hard to, uh, like, really, like, people that didn't even, that I didn't even think would have a loved one that's been involved in abduction. It's pretty crazy. Like, when you know people, really, and they're saying, yeah, my, my girlfriend has had these experiences. And then, you know, and then you realize that there's other people that are close to you that have had you know, like the demonic type experiences and you know, they're not bullshitting. It's, That's just it's sucking lucid dream and Graham creeping around the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. buddy. <laughs> I wish I could become lucid. I can't. When you do, you're like the werewolf. You don't remember when Graham goes lucid. Someone just had a incubus encounter. Oh, that's terrible, Darren. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I couldn't uh, resist. I know. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> the rakest. Oh, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. I remember uh, when I first learned about abductions, hearing about people that would that would be in support groups and they'd remember seeing each other in, in the spaceships and stuff like that. So I think that's what this is all about, right? That love Bite. Sounds like a great song name, too. That's a great book name. There's a song uh, Def Leppard sings that, right? Love, love Bite? Yeah, I think so. Love, not Love Shack. You're not thinking of no, Love Shack. No, no, it's Love Bite, I think. No, is it Love Bite? Something like that. You should know. You're like an encyclopedia of 80s music. I know. I'm going to see Def Leppard too. Are you? <laughs> yeah. One arm drummer? It was yeah. seven arms and socks. Def Leppard? <laughs> yeah, Love Bites is their, is their song. Is it? Yeah. I can't use it in this because you know what? I just noticed that. Um, if I use, like, every once in a while, I use a remix of a song that it, and uh, when YouTube gets to so many views on it, they'll start, like, they put ads on my videos. So there's an ad on one or two of our videos now because of a song I've used. Is that why that we have ads on there? Yeah. So I just haven't figured out. I think I can just go out and mute that portion of the, the music, and then it's okay. Yeah. Tell me, show me which ones, because a lot of times I'm the one searching for the music and all that. Well, no, yeah. Usually, it's like remixes. No, yeah. Whenever you use a remix of like a main of a, of a song, like a, sometimes we use that one from the police or yeah. So we want to thank Eve for coming on and and learning us a little bit more about uh, about uh, abductions and and uh, anomalous trauma and hopefully anomalous uh, trauma, anomalous trauma, and hopefully people know there's support out there. I'll be sending some people her way for sure. Yeah, thanks for tuning into this uh, bonus episode. We squeaked another one out for you. Um, as always, you can support the show, gramerica.ca slash support. Uh, support our value for value model. Spam the shit out of Graham over at graham at gramerica.com or CA. Yeah, What's send us other? your trip reports and synchronicities and strange experiences. Your anomalous trauma. Yeah. Anomalous trauma experiences. Yeah, leave a voicemail. The ripple you. sticks. Yeah. Um, sign up for the newsletter. As always, now the newsletter, uh, Justin sent out the first reminder today. It looked great. Yeah. So now the, that's another little thing the newsletter gets you is a little update or uh, a little reminder whenever we're doing a live show. And uh, of course, your feedback. And review the show. 
All right, guys. See you. We'll be back Friday for our regular rotation. Thanks. Who's on Friday? Sultan Esvan talking yeah. transhumanism. Transhumanism. The transhumanist politician. That's right. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. So wake me up when he's all over. And I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself in love. Life's a game made for